0: Can I give you a quick recap of what our sermon series Basics has been all about? Um, Again, a better way to to catch up is going on our podcast app. Any frequent podcasters in the house? Man, so literally on your way to work tomorrow morning, you can listen to tonight's message. It's insane. Um, So search podcast app, uh, NBYA. Let me give you a quick little recap. Week one, what did we say? We said comparison kills If you want to kill something, compare it. We had Popeye's here in Chick-fil-A. That was an awesome night. And they both tried both. And what we ended up saying was, they're not wrong. One's not better. They're just both great. And sometimes in our relationship, in our dating life, and even in our marriage, we sometimes take the other partner and compare them to other partners and compare our relationships and compare our dating life, our appearance, compare things. But we came to an agreement as a church, we will not compare, but we will collaborate. We'll work together together. That was a great idea. Uh, Week two, we had a special guest speaker, John Lorenzo, all the way from Lakeland. And um, he preached a message on memorials, how your life is a conglomeration of different happenings. And and you have to decide if your past will break you or build you, and the choice is yours. That was a great message. Last Tuesday night, we spoke on the idea, everybody on three, wells. Uh, Some of us don't see ourselves the way God sees us. God sees you as a well with living water that he has supplied. But, but many of us, sometimes we let other people treat us how we view us. And that's bad English, but it's good preaching. Hello. We, we, we let other people treat us how we view us. In other words, instead of treating ourselves like wells, sometimes we, we see ourselves as lemonade sands, and we end up giving samples to anyone who works hard enough. But we looked at scripture and said, no, 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 I'm a deep being. I'm deeper than flesh, and I'm a well of God. And, yes, I have thirst because that's a gift from God. And my thirst first goes to God that I'm able to then serve someone else. Tonight's idea, tonight's message, here's the sermon title. I want to give it to you. Uh, Y'all take notes here at MBYA. We take (laughs) notes here. um, And your phone, paper notes are, like, really holy, too. Um, Those are great. So go ahead and write the title. Service is the secret. Service is the secret. That's the title I feel is going to make every idea, every Bible verse just make sense tonight. It's this, that service is the secret. I'm not talking about the secret service. I'm talking about service. I'm not talking about the 830. Shout out to the 830 service. I'm talking about you serving someone else is the secret. I don't know if we have any chefs in here. I don't know if we have any wannabe chefs in here. Um, Shout out to Chef Jelly. Everybody's getting out jelly. <laughs> She's a local chef, all right. <laughs> Search her I, I don't know. Book her for your next event. Uh, if you're a chef, you, you know something about recipes. You know something about secret recipes. Like he didn't just make waffles. He made some waffles. <laughs> it's a silent W. It's like waffles. That land went, That joke went right there. Landed right there. No one laughed. You know when you're cooking, there's like a little secret ingredient you don't tell nobody. But it makes it so much better. And, and sometimes we look at relationships and we go, what's the secret, sauce? Like, girl, he loved God, he got a good job. Girl, what's the secret? Like, boy, yo, your girl's beautiful. She loves Jesus. She's in a life of ministry. I mean, what the heck? What's the secret? What's the secret? Can I give you the secret on every level of where you are today? If you're sing- single, single. If you're dating, if you're married, service is the secret. And we're going to break that down tonight. Somebody said we're going to break that down. Book of Genesis. We got to go to the beginning. Book of Genesis chapter 2. Right? Go ahead and and write that that, that verse down on your notes. Genesis chapter 2. This is literally the point of history where God began to create out of his mouth speaking things into motion. We just saying about this. It's beautiful. Every Tuesday, it's just God's big message of love to you from beginning of service to the very end, one message. So God, in the beginning, he's creating. He's with his mouth. He gets to a place where he's got all the systems and structures in place. Now he places man into the world. Understand, systems and structures are set in place before you place people inside of it. And as a church, I want to let you know, we're not going to ever just do stuff to do stuff. There's got to be a system and structure in it so that people can be their best selves. We're not just going to do an event because we do that event. No, if it's not in our system. It's not in our schedule and in our structure. It won't happen. Why? Because what if Adam came into the world but God never put oxygen in, in, the, in the atmosphere? A life that was meant to be fulfilled and beautiful and amazing was limited by our ability to check every box. And even in your single life, watch this. Don't place somebody in the center of your heart if Jesus isn't already there. Before you place somebody in, you got to get the structure right. So God is creating the heavens, the earth, the atmospheres, the galaxies, dandelions, he's creating animals, giraffes, elephants. I mean, the oxygen, right, the, the process of photosynthesis is going on all around them. He oceans, I mean, mountains and then then the Lord said this, he made a man. So man's going around, he's looking at all the animals like, well, that's a beautiful bird, but I can't I can't love a bird. That's a beautiful little little monkey, but I don't want to kiss that little monkey. I'm kind of alone, God. There's nobody like me. All these animals are beautiful, but I can't really relate to them. I, I need somebody. And that's kind of what he was feeling in his heart. So what God said in 18, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it is not good for a man to be alone. It's not good for the man I created to be alone. It is not good for him to be all by himself. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now what happens when Scripture brushes against what you believe is okay? Or what happens when scripture brushes against the things that you think are weird? What do you do? Do you, do you shy away and say, oh, this is, this is why I don't read the Bible? Or do you push into the tension to get the answer that the Holy Spirit is trying to lead you to? You see, when, when, when God says he, he's going to be given a helper, it's not someone who's less than, it's someone who's equal to. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight. I thought I was at the 830 turn up. says right there, I, I'm not going to make somebody who's just less than. I need somebody who's suitable for him, a partner, someone to become one with. We keep reading verse 19. It says this. Now the Lord God formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So God just, he brings all the animals together. He's like, okay, that right there is a velociraptor. That right there is a snake. That's a monkey. Okay, that's it. Uh, you look like an ant. That's an ant. All right, and you, ant eater. Right? It's just, it's just, it's great. It's great. So he's naming all the animals. Isn't that amazing that God creates and still brings you into the process of creativity? Your creativity should always bring God glory. Each living creature he gave his name. Verse twenty. So God's now import, important. Like, he looks at Adam and says, hey, you're important in this situation. Verse 20, so this is where where it's all at. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So he's fulfilling his calling, his purpose, his responsibility, yet he finds an emptiness. He says, God, you're great, you're real, and I just need a helper. I need someone alongside me. Like, I want to continue to serve you, continue to be faithful and obedient, but I need somebody next to me to run with. I need some, and here's the thing about relationships. If you find somebody that's destined for another direction and destination than you are, your relationship will be so stressful. As you guys are running, you find out you guys are actually going two different directions. When God says, hey, I'm giving you somebody to be a helper in the direction and the path that you're headed. No helper was found. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall asleep. Sleep, Adam. Cause the man to fall asleep. Not just any sleep, a deep sleep. I pray a deep sleep over some of y'all tonight in the name of Jesus. Some of y'all have insomnia right here. I pray the Holy Spirit in this room. Some of y'all can't sleep. I pray this deep sleep over you tonight. Receive that. And then be on time to work tomorrow. Because you're, you're not just a worker. You're a Christian worker. You know that. While he was sleeping in his deep sleep, amen, that's for me, he took one of the man's ribs, closed the place up with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. So God didn't take man's foot and created a woman. That would have been cool, right? Like, (laughs) <laughs> right? If I was God, right? Jim Carrey, right? God Almighty. No, no, Bruce Almighty. Okay. I make myself laugh, so if I go, it's game over. If I was, his feet, no, he says rib, because she's equal to you. You're not greater than her. It's, it, it's lateral, and it's a piece of you. Why, why didn't God just use dirt? Because he used everything else from dirt. Because they're actually one flesh. The only completion between a man and a woman is my love. But it's yet one flesh that makes them one. Well, let's keep reading. Verse 23. The man said, this now, this is now bone of my bones. Flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of a man. That is why a man leaves. So verse 24 is where I'm parking the car at tonight. That is why a man leaves his father and his mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Somebody say one flesh. One flesh. That's the goal a young man and a young woman would eventually leave their household one day, walk away from their parents, and become one with somebody for the rest of their lives. That's marriage. That's what it's about. It's you leaving everything you've known. Everything you've, all the authority and, 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 and rules of your parents and the regulations and the lessons you've learned and the tears you've cried. And all all you've ever learned from your parents, all that good southern home training, you know what I'm saying? All those manners, all those cooking skills, all those those cleaning skills, all all that you learned in your parents' household now, it's time for you to leave your mother and your father and, and, and be one with somebody. Leaving a place of comfort, leaving a place of little to none responsibility. And if you ever moved out before, you know exactly what it means to like be on your own. And yet people, they they pray for you, and they say, hey, I'm here for you. But some people aren't really there when they say they'll be there for you. But the idea of marriage is that you wouldn't just leave, but you'd leave to become. You wouldn't become an individual to just be alone. Like some of you guys... Yeah, you're single, and, and you're, you're fine being single. Enjoy the single life, by the way. Like, just own where you're at, but serve God the whole way. <laughs> Some of y'all dating. Like, you going out, and you you seeing how how people eat. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a big deal. Because you're going to end up eating with that person for the rest of your life. I just don't like the way he eats wings. I hate it. <laughs> You married him too quick enough. You went, you went to the altar before you went to Wingstop. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> let me give you. Can I give you the the stages of a relationship? Come on, let's put it up. First, you talk. Shout out to anybody talking in the room. Oh, he's just talking. I hope you're talking and not touching, right? We said week one, we're the church. We're actually gonna mean talking as talking, right? Because when I was growing up in high school, talking meant making out, and there's no words ever like explained. So talking. We're just going to talk. I'm seeing how you are. I don't like your laugh. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> you know. Uh, and then there's dating. Right? So now we're, we're going out. Your first date, you should not be wearing a suit and she should not be wearing a dress. That's date like eight. You know what I mean? Like first date, like I, I was talking, I was with a bunch of married couples this past weekend. And a man who's been, he, he was widowed. Like his, his wife passed away. And then he meets a woman like years later in another country and they get married. You know where their first date was? Jeremiah's down the street. Like, why does everything have to start off so sick? St- first date, Texas to Brazil. My bad, dog. Right? You got a stun on me like that? You know what I'm saying? You can't give all, you can't give everything at once. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, Jeremiah's work your way up to Abracadabra. <laughs> Shout out K-Town. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Kissimmee. <laughs> so you date. You, you, you know what I'm saying? You, this is We're not touching in this point, right? This isn't like I know what you look like naked. No, I, I know what you what you like. I know what you love. I'm understanding what pace you're at. What, where's your destination? Where are you headed? Are you even going anywhere? Because you're pretty and you love Jesus, but you're honestly a loser. <laughs> like, And you get to figure that out. Hey, I ain't stepping on nobody. I'm talking about the theoretical person. <laughs> so it's not, you felt that? Don't let it. Don't feel that. You're a winner. But I'm saying you're, you're dating someone, and you're looking like three steps ahead. But bro, you're one fall away from walking away from the church and walking out of this relationship. Dating, and then you have the relationship. That's my boo. That's my girlfriend. That's my boyfriend. Then you're engaged. And then you're engaged. Any engaged couples in the house? Let's go. (laughs) Shout out Frankie Kim. Let's go. Engaged on a Sunday. Hello. Come on, somebody. That was beautiful. I cried. (laughs) And you get married. But I want to give you something my dad used to say. Exaggerate consequences. When I look at this for real, I see this talking Go ahead, put the next idea before that one. Talking leads to being one flesh. So there's talking, dating, relationship, engaged, marriage, which is one flesh. If you look at it in a scope, talking leads to me being one flesh with this person. Look at the consequences of talking and then dating, and then relationship, and then engaged, and then married, if you look at it like this, like you almost kind of get eye to eye with every single thing, talking will one day lead to you being one flesh. Exaggerate the consequences. Being married now, ring on it, ring on it. If you like it, put a ring on it. Shout out Yonsei. She's preaching every week. I remember the conversations we used to have before we were even engaged, real conversations that I look at today and I'm like, we're here because of that, because of those. It's just a conversation, yes, but we're here because of that. I don't know about you, but so many moments make up different things. So many, like, constant, 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 constant of a small thing one day leads you to the biggest decision of your life. You have to exaggerate the consequences, not only with good things, but also with bad things. Hey, man, we want you to come out tonight. See, coming out sounds great, but that leads to this. This leads to that. That leads to that. And if I do that, everything i built in two years is at stake. I'm going to z- exaggerate the consequences. Exaggerate the consequences. Damn, bro, I didn't know you are going to have kids just by going out with us. Like that's what it leads to. Just exaggerate it. Why? Because you got one life, friend. One life. And if you look at all the dumbest decisions you ever make, a lot of those decisions shaped who you are. You get to choose tonight if that breaks you or if it builds you to who God is calling you to be. But exaggerate the consequences. And say, same way us being alone in a car will lead to us having twins out of nowhere. Um, is the same way. Me talking to this person can lead to one day us being married. I need to take my time with this. I, I I need to do this with wisdom. I need to do this with intentionality. I need to do this with the spirit of God behind me, because if without the spirit of God, I am just dust and bones. You know what I'm saying? I'm a sinful human without the spirit of God. Exaggerate the consequences. Let me give you some real quick. How many guys have been athletic in high school? Like you was on a team. Anybody ran track? Any trackers? Track stars? Let's go. All the people who ran track, I want to see you run a lap right now. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> They're like, oh, where we at? <laughs> I didn't stretch though. You crazy. I didn't stretch. You crazy. <laughs> I was like, oh, relax, relax. Man, I don't know. I like I was in a basketball team and I remember I had a football coach as the basketball coach, and all he had us do was run. That was his favorite. All right, guys, run! And it was like <laughs> none of these guys could dribble, but they go all running pretty fast. Um, I remember just running and running. I'm mean, like, warm up was a mile in six minutes. Like, in what area of life is that ever a warm up? Like, I'm done after that. And we'd go two hours of practice after a one, uh, after one mile. It was insane. I remember. Uh, like, if, if you probably have ever happened to you, you ever got something in your shoe while you're about to, like, take off? Or, like, you've been walking all day and you just noticed you had, like, a little rock in your shoe? Or, like, just a little something? Or if, watch this, you didn't do laundry, so you got to fold your sock? I'm, I'm going to get there. You ever didn't do laundry and all you got is high socks, but you weren't short, so you're trying to wear low socks? So you fold... <laughs> You fold the sock over. Some of y'all right now stepping on a whole nother sock. You got like three layers of sock under your feet right now. Your foot is warm. You got a heating pad under the soles. Yo, after like 15 minutes of walking, you're like, all right, this is a little awkward. (laughs) Like, I got a little bit more bounce in this foot. You know what I mean? Like, something little. Have you ever ran with a rock? Like, I remember running with a rock once, like, during warm-up. Halfway in the mile, I was in pain. But the first three steps, it was just kind of annoying. Like, ow, ow, ow. After half a mile, I'm like, my foot's about to fall off. And listen, friend, many of us, that's like our relationships. Like, we're so addicted to running. We're so addicted to going somewhere, we'd keep we'd keep moving even though it's painful. Some of us don't know what it's like to not have someone to call bay, that all you do is look for someone to call bay, and that's why you are worse in a place than you were three years ago. Some of us don't know how to be in a relationship with God completely without having a wandering eye. Because we're so addicted to a good night text. We're so addicted to running the race. Some of us bounce to girl to girl because we're addicted to the chase. We're addicted to the chase. Oh, she said this. Okay, she said this. Boom, I got her. Next one. And we're so addicted to the race, we sometimes run unhealthy. And what was an issue in the ninth grade, now that you're out of high school, is a bigger issue. But I want to help you today. Like, today is so prophetic. Because the giants that you face today were babies yesterday. The giants that are probably trying to walk with you into your marriage are only little things today. But after a while of growing comfortable with these things, growing comfortable with unforgiveness, growing comfortable with bitterness, growing comfortable with a comparison mentality, growing comfortable with seeing what you can get out of every relationship you're in. Listen, relationships are not what you can get. It's about what you can give. I promise you, Tuesday nights will get a lot better if you walk in and leave saying, it's not about a, it's not about what I'm gonna get tonight, but what I'm gonna give tonight. Worship's gonna be great, not because of the songs they sing, because that's my jam, but it's gonna be me giving worship and praise to God. There could be nothing in here, it could just be acoustic guitar and people making acoustic noises with their feet in a microphone. But I came in here to worship and no matter what people sing, no matter what the band sounds like, no matter what it feels like in here, if it's hot, if it's cold, if there's 30 people, if there's one person, I came here to give. I promise you'll leave Tuesday nights way more filled figuring out what you can give rather than what you can get. And the same value applies to our relationships. It's about what you're putting into it. Running in a healthy way. And not getting so comfortable with rocks in our feet and difficulties that have probably been put on us by our parents. See, some of us just date crazy because our parents dated crazy. Some people are getting into marriage because that's their only excuse to have sex. I'd rather not have sex than to dedicate my life to someone I don't really want to be with. We came to talk real tonight, but... I'd rather be stupid in the sight of man and righteous in the sight of God. And I really believe this, like the snowball effect, like the downward spiral effect. I don't know about you, but some of the lowest moments in your life was like bad event after bad event after bad event after bad event. Just terrible thing that happened after terrible thing. Heartbreak, hurt, heart, and it's a downward spiral. And here's the thing, once you say yes to Jesus, once you confess Jesus as Lord, we believe the same thing can happen in reverse. The best, can, the best thing can happen. Then the next best thing. Then the next best thing. Then grace, mercy, blessing, doors opening. We can stand on the promise of God that the best is yet to come over your life. But we need to see the moments in front of us as an opportunity to serve as an opportunity to contribute. My last few ideas is this. Listen, whatever you serve matters. It's the truth. You wouldn't just serve something that didn't matter. Sometimes we're so caught up serving ourselves, we're the only thing that matters in our own life. Because all we do is know to think, to pray, and to be totally engulfed within ourselves. And this society today with an iPhone, and iPad, and everything is I, me, It's so easy to just get caught up in who we are. And yet sometimes we're so caught up in who we are, we still don't know who we are. We're so caught up in how we look on the outside, we forget what God's trying to do on the inside. My question is, what are you serving? Because whatever you serve matters to you. It matters to you. Next idea is this. Whatever you serve becomes a part of you. Becomes a part of you. Just the other day, my wife and I were talking. She's like, she, I miss giving kids the world. I miss going because when I was in Valencia, I had to do these community service hours, and they dressed me up as, like, princesses and different things. And the, to see the kids, their faces light up, and to see how someone just taking time to hang with them just lit their lives up and lit up their their worlds, and and just became Christmas again for them. And, and, I, and I miss that. Why? Why does she miss that? Why, why some things we used to be a part of have, like, this, like, tug to us, Because whatever you serve becomes a part of you. You're giving yourself to it, yet it's still giving you something. And that's the same way with God and the church. Start serving people. See what God will do in your life. I dare you. Whatever you serve, next idea you will prioritize. If you serve your body, working out is a priority on your calendar. Yes, it is. If you serve Jesus, coming to church and going to hope groups, Is a priority in your life. Can I get a strong amen on a Tuesday night? Service is the secret. Service is the secret. I want to read to you. I'm going to skip these ideas. I want I want to end right here. I want to leave you with this. Matthew 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. This is the, the gospel, the New Testament. It's the gospel of Matthew, gospel according to Matthew. And it says this. It says, Jesus went on from there. He saw a man called Matthew sitting in the tax collector's booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and he followed him. Keep that verse up. This was was Jesus' recruitment process to be a disciple. Yo, homie. Follow your boy. He got up, and he followed him. For some of you tonight, you're going to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. You know what it's all about, just following Jesus because he met, he met you. He called you by name. He inspired you. He told you he loved you. And it's like, yo, follow me to heaven. Here's the thing. For God to call on you, first of all, you got to hear his call. I promise you, if you get this, probably, you'll be greater tomorrow. God doesn't have a communication problem. Most times we have a listening problem. And we got to look at our lives and say, okay, this is doing pretty well. This is doing pretty okay. But this is my smallest bucket. Can I tell you that's what we do as a church? When it's time to do something new, to do something fresh, we look at the ministry and go, what's our smallest bucket? and let's make it better in the next six months. That's what some of us, you and I, we have to do personally. I say, yo, what's our smallest bucket? We got big things about us. We have great things about us. I can maybe 10 to my strengths. What's one of my weaknesses that I can work on this season to be a better human being? Here's my next idea, listen, self-awareness is a step towards improvement. God's calling you. You finally be able to hear. You finally be able to, to tune your ears, tune your spirit, right? You're starting to read the word. You're starting to you're starting to pray at home, and and, and you're living a lifestyle of just trying to hear from God and try to hear from heaven. And now the only preacher. It's not me on Tuesday nights. God's preaching to you every single day. You're leaning into his word. You're leaning into who he's calling you to be. He begins to reveal to you who you are. He begins to speak to you on things you need to change. And as you are self-aware on who you are, on where you want to be, where you used to be, and where you're going, I promise you, you'll start growing in the name of Jesus. Find your smallest bucket and make it a big bucket. Here's the thing about self-improvement. I really, I really want you to, like, be lifted the weight that sometimes people put on you with this next idea. You ready? Let this free you. I can't fix everything, but I can work on something. I'm trying to free you up tonight. Because some of us aren't working on anything because there's a lot to work on. But I want to free you up. You don't have to work on everything. You know, the truth is, you can't fix everything in your life. If you could, you'd be God. How about we use the, the knowledge, the vision, the focus, the strength that we have right now and focus on the thing that we can work on to be a better human being in the next five years, and the next ten years. What can we do today to help us tomorrow? Matthew twenty twenty eight. Come on, service is a secret. It says this, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is talking about himself. Son of man didn't come to be served. Jesus shows up in our history books and he's like, yo, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to die for you. I'm here to give my life away. That you would listen to this gospel. That you would respond not with just a yes, not with just an amen, but respond with your life. And if you've ever said yes to Jesus in this room, can you make some noise at your boy tonight? Jesus came to serve. I promise you, in your relationships, and your in everything, you want to make it better. Serve that same area. Let me give you this idea: locate the area in your life that needs the most improvement, and serve there. I don't know. She just she just get every time I she just get on my nerve. PJ, she get on my nerve. I can't even look at her. There's no hope in that relationship. Hey, I dare you to serve that relationship. I dare you. Something about my mom. I just, I mean, my mom, see, we bump heads. Like, we both like aggressive people. So, we just bump. There's no hope. Do you hear? You're a Christian. You've been brought from death to life. You were on your way to hell. God saved you. He's sending you to heaven. But restoring a relationship with your mom is impossible for him. Raising someone from the dead. Raising himself from the dead, you go to his tomb right now. In Israel, news report: the tomb is empty. Jesus is not there. He is alive and well at the right hand of the Father. And we look at relationships and say, "Oh, God can't do that." No, find it. Find it. The area that needs most of, and just serve the crap out of it. Serve your life out. Something about that friendship. It's just, I just, mm. no serve. That takes humility. That, that's what a marriage is. Yeah. That's what that's, it's one flesh. To become one, we have to serve each other. To become something we never seen before, we got to become something we never become before. Maybe you've been missing out on the results of serving, yet you're experiencing all the effects of it. You put the sermon title up, service is the secret. Service is the secret.